They're sitting on a couch. It's usually just two characters, or sometimes three characters. And they're always talking and sitting. They're just sitting in a chair. Pacing sucks, there's no style to anything. It's so boring. From the concrete shores of Arlington, Texas, this is the Approximate Podcast. With your hosts, Jamie French and Orion Quest. This last little song from The Gooseman goes a little something like this. How's it go? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Approximate Podcast. My name, <laughs> my name is Jamie French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're with my co-host, faithful as ever, Orion Quest. Hey, how's it going? Oh, shut your face. (laughs) God damn it. Oh, my gosh. Don't say nothing. Too late. God damn it. How's everybody doing today? How how you been doing, Orion? I'm good. How you doing, sis? I'm doing good. Hey, you had a gig last night, didn't you? Yes. um... How'd that go? Went very well. You had was, some. Uh, you had some. You played with. What was the name of the band that you played with last night? Going native. Going native. And as you describe it, let's make you sound like an asshole on the air. You describe them as the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say it live. He describes them as the angry lesbians. <laughs> it's an all. It's all female band, except it's, for you. It's all, yeah, except for me on the um, on um. On the uh, keyboards, we've got the Mad German. On Sub Pop Records? Yes. Um, <laughs> no. Um, on bass guitar, we've got uh, Little Feet LaDonna. Um, on the uh, guitar and vocals, we've got June Cleaver. They got a website. Now Now that you've said everybody's name officially out loud, like a yes. dunce, now we got to fucking put a, <laughs> a description. We got to put their. Uh, their website and we gotta like do they got a twitter or anything like that now we gotta give them a plug it's too late for that you brought this on your you brought this on yourself links in the description people <laughs> <laughs> but you okay so the deal was like how 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 much am i allowed to say um on a scale from one to ten zero <laughs> So 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 you had a good gig this yes time. it was a great actually the gig the last night was awesome Okay. Uh, how long did you play? Oh, four what kind hour, of band is it? Four hours. Tell the, tell the folks. It's um, believe it or not, it's keyboard-driven rock and roll. Keyboard? I didn't know that. Yes. I've never seen you guys live. This is a keyboard-driven band. Yes. Um. So what do you, what do you guys all play? Oh, uh, we that's play. Odd. We play everything from um, John Cougar to oh 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 Van Morrison. Um, who else? We get out. And that's crazy the same stuff. guy. John Cougar Van Morrison. <laughs> oh my God! You never it's see him in the same picture. Th- it's a marvelous night for a moon dance. Right on the scarecrow. <laughs> my latest album. The brown-eyed girl lives in a little yeah. pink house. <laughs> oh my God! My latest album will be called Brown-eyed Girl, Blood on the Plow. But the it, it, the gig went well. Oh yes, yes, yes. Good. Where'd you play? Um, Tierney's in Louisville. 
Sweet. So that's, yeah, a little gig in Texas. Mm-hmm. It was a three, four-hour night? It was a four-hour night. Awesome. Uh, and it, Okay, good. Excellent. Good to hear that. You'd think I'd make it out to my co-host shows more often. He's the drummer of my band, and he plays in a lot of different like cover bands and weird like one-off projects. Yeah, but I you, never, never. You don't like yeah, them, I'm so you... No, I don't like anything. Yeah, I don't like anything, so I never make it out. <laughs> <laughs> Except every once in a while, when there's a little bit of scratch involved. That's all. That's all it takes. You know. Uh, it's just a little bit of money makes the world go round. That's all. And if you want me to come and pay attention to the thing that you're passionate about, give me money. <laughs> That's all I ask. Just give me money. Um, so, so here's the subject of today. Thank you guys for putting up so much with the uh, uh, extended intro. We are talking. This is going to be the not officially the last of the music shows that we're going to do, but it's officially the last music show that we're going to do before the Aproxapalooza. Next week is this thing that we've building up. We've been building up to, uh, for geez, a few months now. Yes. A few months now. Uh, the Aproxapalooza, the live, uh, ish music show that we're going to do. It's going to be a, a whole deal where I'm playing live music, Orion's playing live music. We got my sister involved in the deal and our good buddy uh Cornmo that you've heard on previous episodes. It's just us going to be playing songs all episode long and uh it's going to be really fun and we've been building up to this. And so in order to build up to this, the shows from the announcement of the Approximapalooza to today We've tried to make all of our Monday shows, the official flagship shows, music themed. And this is this is the last one until it's, you know, showtime. So uh, what are we talking about today, Orion? What is this music themed thing that we're doing? Soundtracks. Oh boy. In what sense? What do you mean? What do you mean by soundtrack? Well, um um good, bad, or other. Your favorites, your not so favorite. <laughs> okay, I think more to the point is um, movies whose soundtracks were written by rock bands, rock bands or artists. No, no John Williams score. Nope, nothing like that. It's movies whose soundtracks are written by bands or rock people. You know. Uh, and we still do count Danny Elfman as rock people. Uh, no, 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 no. To be fair to Danny Elfman, I say no. Well, I that? say, well, because he's the moment he left on Go Born Go, was it? Kinda, yeah, kinda. According to his story, like the guy has there is a definitive split between his tenure and Oingo Boingo and his work as a conductor. And composer, but you'd be willing to negotiate that if Oingo Boingo got back together. Well, if if which Oing- is not likely, but not at all. No, not according to Danny Elfman. No, absolutely not. He's so done with being in a rock band, and he has been for years. Um, but the way that Danny Elfman works his like he's so he is Danny Elfman the composer, right? You know, so he would not count. In this, it's Danny Elfman doesn't count. Like a he's he's on board with like a again like just stupid example John Williams. You know, um, 
what he's an actual composer for scoring soundtracks for movies. Uh, so he wouldn't count. Um, but uh, if, if no, no, but wait, 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 wait. I want to get back to that. If for in a miracle, in a, if it happened, if he were to put Oingo Boingo back, this it wouldn't happen in a million years. But if he were to put Oingo Boingo back together for the sole uh, instance of recording a soundtrack for a movie. Then I could say Danny Elfman. Then I could say that keeps with the theme of the show. The theme of the show is uh, movies. <laughs> I'm not going to say best or worst because I think you and I have two different lists. You're right. <laughs> We're going to say movies that are predominantly scored by rock bands. So um, what is we'll, <laughs> we'll start we'll start with everybody with a happy tune. Right. Because you're being much nicer with your list than I am. Yes. <laughs> so we'll start with you and say, what is a good uh, movie that has been not scored cool. by a rock is, band? Yeah, not only is this a, a good movie or movies, I'm just going to mention an album. And not only is this a, a good soundtrack album, but it's it's if you have an essential set of CDs, CDs that you'd be stuck with for the rest of your life, I would suggest this would be one of them. It is called A Kind of Magic from the band Queen. Son of a bitch. Um, this this almost, get my data. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, I'll kill time while you look up stuff. This almost made it to my list because if I'm not incorrect, you're talking about, are you not talking about the Flash Gordon soundtrack? No, no? I'm not. Oh, um, well, what the fuck is this? A Kind of Magic? A Kind been... of Magic came out in 86. Yeah, but it what has movie tracks. is it related to? It has tracks from two movies. Because I only know one thing from Queen, and that's the fucking Flash Gordon soundtrack. Yes, but did you know, my sister, that they also did the entire soundtrack for Highlander? Oh, the first shit, Highlander. shit, you're right. Holy now, shit. Now, secondly, did you also know that one of uh, the tracks that was removed <laughs> was a version of New York, New York, sung by Freddie Mercury. He wasn't happy with the track, but if you... if, if, if Wait, wait, wait. You say it's removed from the from, soundtrack. From the soundtrack. So how do we know about it at all? Yes. Yeah. Somehow the producers managed to get a clip of the song. And for you nerds that want to know where it's at... Oh, yeah. Um, I the do. Kurgan gets... Um, uh, Connor McLeod's lady, and he goes on a rampage in his car through the streets of New York. While that's going on, the main the main lines of New York, New York, is being sung by Freddie Mercury. You'll never find it on any album. And is it, and is is it in the movie? It's in the movie. So you can't you yes can't you hear can YouTube it, it and find it right now if you want it. A little clip of it within the movie. Yes. I'm sure it's not the whole song. No, it's not the whole song. Just right. a clip. But we can find the actual New York, New York by. Fucking Freddie Mercury. Yes, yes. Holy shit. That's amazing. Which would have made this a gem had they kept it on the album. <laughs> now, not only did they do um, uh, The Highlander. <laughs> wait what? a minute, wait wait a minute. Are you saying that because the uh, New York, New York is not on the soundtrack, that is not a gem? Um, no, what I'm, say, what I'm saying, what I'm saying, this is quintessential queen, but this would be like a rarity. It would be like a B-side put on this, this badass album. Right. And it would... If maybe if you may have had a Japanese import or or an import where it had it on it, I have not been able to find it. So if you know anybody that does, call us on the burner line. There was another movie that came out. Um, stop! Sl- stop! Hold on, just a second. 
because people are going to see this on the YouTube, mm -hmm. and they're going to see me ducking down and ducking down and ducking down. I've dropped my cigarette three times while you were trying to make your explanation. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, just just wanted to. Yeah, just a could you hold break. to make sure the studio's not on fire? <laughs> we're going to put up some music. But I just want to break the fourth wall and acknowledge that you guys are acknowledging that I am a complete dunce. So, go, go ahead. You're, I'm you're not good. Done, I'm not done talking about Queen yet. Well, neither like, am I, but you won't let me finish. <laughs> I can't be finished talking about him. Well, so, first of all, have you put out the fire? Do you have all your fingers and your toes? Did you find what you're looking for? About to start a new one. Oh, yeah, all right, good. <clears throat> I like how, in in your voice, you have that natural. Uh, how's that? You, you got this. You got this little flimmy thing in your throat. Yeah, it's called. But, it, but it's very it's reminiscent. <laughs> but it's very reminiscent of your greatest hit. Oh, that one. you don't deserve you that right now. No, but they do. They do. I don't, but they do. Yes, so they get um, the comparison. The flim in your throat sounds like. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> hold on just a minute. I want to, I want to introduce it. Uh, uh, Mad Max, uh, with Mel Gibson. Yes. He has a, he has a partner. I don't know what the guy's name is. He plays the goose and it's his, is he, he rides a motorcycle. This is, well, this is, this is not the road warrior. No, this is not, this is this the is, first one. This is, this, this is, is Mad Max. Mad Max. Yeah. The first one. And the, and the phlegm in your throat sounds like. Anyway. His partner, his partner sings this song, and and we can't make out the words that he's making, but it goes a little something like this. I don't know what the hell he's singing. That's my favorite thing that you do. Thank you know you. How hard it's yes, and and the, the song that you just heard is exactly reminiscent of the way that he speaks. Yes. <laughs> it's just full of phlegm. <laughs> They're chasing after this guy called the Toe Cutter, <laughs> and he and um, Goose injures <laughs> himself on a bike, and Max pulls up to him and says, "Hey, you gonna be okay?" And he says, "Yeah, this guy's let me borrow his truck. I'm gonna take uh -huh. it down the road." He says, Goose, you're going to be okay? He says, yes, that's me. I'm the goose. Large as life and twice as ugly. Max is like, what in the hell is he singing? Later on, it pans to him in the truck. Smoke coming out the back. It's <laughs> old beat up truck. He's just mind his own business. Seatbelt over his shoulder, not even buckled in. All he needs is a beer such in the good, other hand. Such a good scene. But hey, don't move. I see you pulling up your fucking paper. We're not done with Queen yet. Okay, so Highlander soundtrack. Right. Queen, largely responsible yes. for that. Yes. What are the finer points of that? Like, we know, like, the weird goof, you know, that, 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 uh, New York, New York was pulled out of soundtrack. Right. Okay. But, like, is there. Again, you're you're doing the positive thing. Right. What makes the soundtrack so good? Let me interrupt you. I think obviously, Queen. Yeah. How could you lose? How could you lose? But do you think that they did well on that? Do you think that they enhanced the movie Highlander? 
or did it seem weird because it was a rock band? No, it actually. I think Queen basically, you know, laid the the, the foundation for rock bands being in 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 movies. They they actually sung about what was going on in the movie, and um, uh, the first. Uh, if you if you guys remember Highlander at all, the first track on "It's a Kind of Magic" is the first track on the Highlander on the Highlander score, which is called "Princes of the Universe." Right. Um, there's also "Don't Lose Your Head." <laughs> um, there's uh, "Who Wants to Live Forever." Um, what a pain is so close to pleasure. That, that sounded neat. Do, do that again. Rub your do the little cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, I heard a you, beat there. <laughs> you got far too much time on your ass. What was so that? So much time. But no, no, no. Everything you just said, I it brings it back to this point. The whole reason that this is a subject on the show is because it's the idea that a rock band would do a complete score and soundtrack for a movie is a very novel idea. And I think it's it's important to point out that that Queen you know, amazing band as they were, isn't it odd that somebody would just like the producers would they, they, they would just choose to have a rock band score an entire thing? Like you, when you're in the business, you have your druthers of who you can score your film, and then instead of going, well, no, I want this person or that person. Again, I'll keep it simple and go, well, I want John Williams. Instead of doing that. You say to yourself, or you say to the people that fund your movie, "Now I want, get this, I want Queen to do the music, all of the music for this, for this movie that I'm trying to put together, and then sells the sells the uh, financial backers on that fact. I think that's what makes this subject so fascinating, is that that's even <coughs> a thing that happens." And when it turns out well, it turns out well. In the case of Queen, mm -hmm. I have the other side of that story. <laughs> but you were about to say something before I interrupted 15 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm glad you still kept it on Queen because um, there's always the Flash Gordon soundtrack, sure. which Queen had complete and which, total control of the entire soundtrack. Which was going to be one of my picks, but Queen's so good that they didn't fit into the picks that I wound right. up with. <laughs> oh, with regards to a kind of magic, they came up with another song that had nothing to do with the Highlander, um, the Highlander movie, but it was so good, they put it on another movie called Iron Eagle. It was oh, called One Vision. Shit. Yeah. But that was just a one off. Yes, that was just a one off. And I believe that was like um late eighty six, early eighty seven. Wow. They yeah, that brings out I yeah, I remember reading about that. Wow. Wow, so. what an obscure thing. Well, <clears throat> why don't you hit me with what you got there, Jamie? Oh man, so we're gonna start with some bad ones. <laughs> On my side of the fence, it's all bad. It's nothing good. Uh because that is inherent in novelty. Um when a when a director or producer picks uh when they say they have that gumption to say well I want to pick a band to do my soundtrack well it could go one of two ways either it's completely inspired because the script is so good like they really believe in it and they think that a band would completely flesh out their vision 
Um, or they're doing a cheap cash grab. Or, in the case of two of my picks, it's a band that wants to put a movie together and they want to score it themselves. And you know that's bad news because when somebody comes from it with that angle, it's all an ego project and things probably won't turn out well. It's It takes a lot more than just wanting to do a movie to make a movie well. You can't just be in love with the idea of just doing a movie and and then and then you're a rock band that says oh l and also we're gonna score it that's just an ego trip they're just wanting to put their music out there their 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 brain is messed up they're flustered they're getting too caught up in their own fame and thinking that they can like uh uh, drag it out into uh, movie making and it never turns out to be the case and those are largely the kinds of uh, uh, movies that I pick from my side so to get to it uh, we'll start with uh, one of the worst we'll start with one of the worst uh, Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> rip, rip rip and destroy <laughs> Rip, rip. <laughs> so poor Kiss. <laughs> Kiss meets the fan of the park. Uh, one of the worst movies ever made. One, of, it's in, almost impossible to watch unless you have like a riff tracks in, like laid over top of it. You know, you need that mystery science theater treatment in order to get through it. It's a really, really, really bad movie. It's a what? A brief synopsis. It's a um. It's a movie where not it. Really bad movies are hard to describe because usually they're bad movies because they don't have plot or story. This is one of them. Um, a, a boy and a girl go to a, a theme park. It's in, in this case, it's actually in real life. It's Magic Mountain out of California. And, um, and they go to a theme park, and they're just there to have a good time, and they are told that Kiss is going to play. Okay? And the owner of the park... Uh, there's this big kerfuffle with, uh, like, there's like a weird kind of insurance scam, and um, they know that uh, Kiss is, like, the owner of the park knows that Kiss is going to play, and what he does, and here's where everything falls right off the rails, um, he, he, in order to get insurance money, this is for, you know, for-profit, classic evil guy, is a for-profit thing, this guy, he says he's, uh, he's going to, uh, put a. Uh, he's gonna. This is sounds stupid even saying it. He he's gonna put a robot version of Kiss together, like a like a robot, to to uh, fuck with the audience and and make it a disaster, and then like hold uh, Kiss responsible for that, so he can make money. It's a big insurance scam. That was it's, Robot Kiss, correct? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really bad. It's really bad, and I'm sure I got it <laughs> fucked up. I, I'm missing details. Please, go, by all means, go to YouTube. You can find uh, Kiss versus the Phantom of the Park and find it, and even my shitty synopsis of what the thing is about uh, will not match how shitty... The actual plot is and the actual story is. It was so bad that Gene Simmons, in an interview in 1989, uh, for I think uh, Circus Magazine, said that um, 
that he thought that uh, when somebody asked him about Kiss versus the Phantom, Phantom of the Park, he said, oh, the, dude, that's that's on par with, we would put that on par with uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Like, we have, we don't want anything to do with it. They tried so hard to separate themselves from that movie. In fact, just the guy that joke. held the interview was never heard or seen right. again. Um, but, okay, so let's get to the soundtrack of the movie. The soundtrack was, of course, done by Kiss. But in the American version, this was a made-for-TV movie at the time. The American version of it featured, like, four Kiss songs, and they were all B-sides, mostly songs from their individual solo albums, the Ace Frehley album, the Peter Chris album, the Gene Simmons album. They all had, like, individual songs that were to go on and, like, flesh out the music for this thing. Really shitty, really awful. But in the European version of the movie... Um, the entire score was fleshed out by all kinds of classic Kiss songs. And it's usually the, um, if you're going to find this, try to find the European version uh, because it's, it's it, you know, if you're into Kiss, not a fan, but if you're into Kiss, uh, that's the version of this really shitty movie you want to watch because it is front-loaded, back-to-back. It's all the classic hits from Kiss plus all of the solo work that they did. And that's the only good part of the movie, assuming you consider Kiss to be a good band. So if you know if you like Kiss at all, you go check out Kiss versus the Phantom of the Opera, watch the European version, listen to all the songs, and watch it against this really shitty movie. Good luck to you. <laughs> but it's really, really bad, and it's so bad that even the members of Kiss... The most, uh, I, I mean, the most sellout, all about marketing, fake, just bullshit band there is, takes their name. Kiss sells coffins with their logo on it, and they will not put their name on Kiss versus the Phantom of the Opera. That should tell you something. They would rather see you dead in, in a Kiss logo than acknowledge this shitty movie. So you can go check that out. Uh, so <laughs> that's my first really shitty pick. I got I got a decent pick, but I got to go through another shitty one before I get to it. So I'm going to pass it off. We're going to try to make it. We're going to go good. We're going to pass back and forth from good to bad. I'm the bad side. Orion's the good side. Orion, what's the next movie that you have? <laughs> speak, for the, speak for the good people. 1981. Oh. Heavy metal. Son of a bitch. You're not wrong. Um, you are not wrong there. <clears throat> Although there were some or there were some now, orchestral parts uh, in, in some of the battle scenes and stuff like that. The 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 entire the entire uh, movie was was driven but, by different artists. It was, but wasn't that the point? Like I was trying to find now we're gonna go over heavy metal because that's a strong choice, but wasn't the point of the of this theme tonight's theme to be movies where the producer or director said no I want a rock band to do this with with your choice heavy metal the whole point wasn't the whole point to have heavy metal bands it wasn't an afterthought no okay well go ahead 
heavy well, the to understand heavy metal you have to understand the comic book in the movie yes it was just they just thought that that would be convenient to have um heavy metal bands on to do it i mean they they could have scored it they, they could have yeah, scored it with they a actually classical... did they did they did score it like i said earlier in some of the battle scenes there were some there were some orchestral parts but devo is not a heavy metal band by no, any means no no Journey is not a heavy metal well, band by any means. But it also came out at a time where it came out so early in that with a 81, 81. 81. It came out at a time where heavy metal had not gained, like the word, the phrase heavy metal had not gained its full identity. Right, but it was on the way. When Sammy Hagar, your first fucking song is heavy metal, in 1981, that's not really heavy metal. It's, it's more it's hard rock. Basically yeah. hard, like barely hard rock. But heavy metal, the phrase, was such a, a new term and such a fantastic term in 1981. Nobody had heard that. It was uh, coined by Dick Clark. Right. And in uh, uh, American Bandstand. And, uh, and the first time it was ever mentioned lyrically was by Steppenwolf. Uh, in uh, Born to be Wild, right. Heavy Metal Thunder was the first time in popular culture that the phrase heavy metal had ever been heard. And in 1981, to have uh, what should have been a quote-unquote heavy metal score was largely supplied by hard rockers and folks like Devo, folks that didn't even fall under the, the guise of what we now know, what we now all have accepted as heavy metal. Right. You, you say heavy metal, you think the like the lightest you think is like Iron Maiden, you know? Right. But in the in 1981, any it, it almost seems like anybody that c- would join up could be counted in the soundtrack and right. be classified as heavy metal. It all once again, it also had a lot to do with. Um, with uh, the the songs and the scenes, for example, "Reach Out and Take It" by Cheap Trick is on the heavy metal soundtrack. Do you know which scene that was? Stern. Stern. Uh, where did that come in the movie? He's nothing but a low good, um, something, 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 something. Um, uh, uh, Killing's too good for him. Look, to be honest with you, um, from the heavy metal, I've seen it a few times in my life. Um, I like the studio that put it out. Uh, they are also responsible for doing a favorite movie of mine that I mentioned in a very early episode called American Pop. Same studio did that with the rotoscoping. Um, but from heavy metal itself, there's only one scene, the two scenes that stick out to me. And one is the airplane scene. World War II, you mm-hmm. remember, you know, I'm talking about the zombies and everything. Yep. And then the... Uh, you know, there's kind of a narrative that flows over the entirety of heavy metal where you're following this girl who becomes a warrior right. over the whole thing. And there's, you know, the, the heavy metal is an anthology. It's, it's very much like Twilight Zone movie uh, where it's little short stories that Follow, are connected yeah. by an overall theme. Mm-hmm. And I remember the I remember the chick's theme. Where she becomes a warrior mm-hmm. and stuff, and I remember the airplane scene. What other things am I not thinking of that I can't quite remember? You're not thinking about the cab driver who. Well, first of all, the device that they're after is is a is an amulet called the Lochnar. 
Right, right. They and, got a MacGuffin. Uh, this is a, a yeah. MacGuffin movie. Yes. Um. Let's see. It went from. It went from the cab driver. To um, now a that you're guy saying now Dane. that you're saying cab driver, I'm starting to remember it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. That was the one with Journey. Okay. And also, it also had the mob rules Journey. on it. <laughs> Journey, the, heavy metal. Right. Journey. <laughs> um, it went then to a young kid who became Den, <gasps> big ball headed dude. Den. Right, right. Well, uh, wasn't that voiced by John Candy? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what if I don't? What if I don't bring you the Lochnar? You die, she dies, everybody dies. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea to me. Just so everybody knows that what we're talking about, because we're starting like there's no context for what we're talking about. Please, again, this is another thing you can go onto YouTube. Just type in heavy metal movie. Or type in den. Heavy metal den. D-E-N. Right. If you want to find individual scenes so you have some context for what we're talking about. Yeah, please do that. It then goes to the pilot. And then it goes from the pilot. Um, out in the space, back there with Stern. No, I'm sorry, it goes to Stern, then it goes to the pilot, and then it gets picked up by the ship with these two weird aliens and this um, um, other lady, and then finally it ends up with um, uh, your girl who becomes the warrior. Right, right, absolutely. But those were all great, those were all great songs. What was your favorite? Oh, the veteran of a thousand psychic wars. Jesus Christ! What is that? Who's that by? I don't. I believe that. that's Blue Oyster Cult. Blue Oyster Cult. You see me now, the veteran again. You of know, a this thousand is... psychic wars. I've been living on the edge of long, so long, where the lanes of limbo's torn, and I'm far too old to look at, and far too young to see. Wounds are all I'm made of. I don't know if there's anything left of me. I go a little bike, go a little bike. Wait for it. Uh, again, that's just another example, though, of like this weird thing. Like, you got to take this into context. Blue Oyster Cult, they're often cited as pioneers of heavy metal. But when you think of the word heavy metal, Blue Oyster Cult doesn't ring in your head. You know, it's just one of those things where 1981's movie, Heavy Metal, is made up largely of bands with a few exceptions like Dio. Right. I mean, that's just, that's just new wave. That's just old, way old school new wave. Um, largely made of bands that are now, instead of being referred to as heavy metal, which they were at the time are now seen in like kind of a reverence as pioneers of a burgeoning hard rock scene that would eventually become the idea that we today we know as heavy metal but at the time in 1981 that was as hard as it got now we know better we know that bands like Iron Maiden like the whole new wave of British heavy metal we knew that they existed since the mid-70s. We knew that thrash was an oncoming thing in 1981. It was a very burgeoning days, but still, that it, it did exist. Um, you know, there, there were very heavy, there was very heavy music, but as famous as we think of those bands now, your Slayers, your Testaments, your Megadeths, your Metallicas, as, as big as we think of them, in 1981... You got to keep in mind, those bands were still playing clubs. You know, they were garage band 
type. Like they were just starting to make it. So they never got to be considered heavy metal in 1981. The, the term heavy metal came out long before the, th- the sound we know as heavy metal today. And so what you got was a bunch of Sammy Hagar and what, what other bands were there? We keep mentioning Dia, which was obviously not. Oh, was was Lita Ford on there? Uh, no. No, not I... Lita Ford. Oh, who else? Let's see. We got Journey. I can find them. Give me just yeah, a but moment. you know what? What passed for heavy metal in 1981 was largely a bunch of stadium rock, what at the time they called corporate rock. Um, but that was you know, that's. Uh, even though the movie was called Heavy Metal, the producers and directors of that show didn't dig deep and try to, you know, it wasn't such a connected world that we have today. And so they didn't dig deep enough to get the burgeoning actual heavy metal, that thrash, you know, that chunky kind of metal that we know of today. So they went with what was popular. And so you get your Sammy Hagar's and your <laughs> what 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 the heavy metal soundtrack had sixteen tracks on it. Please, by all means, um, Sammy Hagar. Yep, Jerry Riggs. Never heard of him. Right, Blue Oyster, Blue Oyster Cult. Obvious. Uh, Devo, Cheap Trick, um, Taking a Ride on Heavy Metal. That's the airplane one. I'm Don hearing Felder. I'm hearing rock bands and slightly hard rock. Bands. It gets better. Okay. Nazareth. Whoa. Uh, carry on my wayward son. No, wait, that no. was Kansas. Uh, uh, Sister Christian. Uh, Who's no. Naz- what's Nazareth did? Um, Hair of the Dog. Now that, that was their big. With Love hurts. That's their big claim. To- oh, Love hurts. That's the thing I'm thinking of. Yeah, heavy metal. Wow, it gets better. <laughs> Donald Fagan is on here. Jesus. Grand Funk Railroad. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Who did a, now you're messing with the. Uh, <laughs> that's Nazareth. That's Nazareth. Oh, okay. That's what I was thinking. It's of. called, it's called, I think it's called Hair of the Dog. <laughs> okay. You got me. What else? Who else was on there? Oh. Black Sabbath. That's Dio's. Dio's Black Sabbath. They did the mob rules. Oh, 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 close. Now we're getting close to the actual feel of heavy metal. Close. Stevie Nicks. Nope. <laughs> I don't want to see a little twirly bird singing hippy dippy shit. <laughs> That's not heavy metal. That pretty much that pretty much covers it. Jesus Christ! <laughs> you want me to get to my next bad one? <laughs> yes, please. Okay. So it's <laughs> it is. Well, I'll give you the. I'll, I'll let me see if you. I can have you figure it out. All right. It's. The Bee Gees. Oh no! <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Don't shit, don't shit on the Bee Gees, man. Oh, let me hold on. Let I me can f- only think of one thing. Oh yeah, I can one probably thing. make you think of a second. Hold oh, on, you don't have hold to. On. I haven't Alla- said the second me. part of this equation. Allow me, uh-huh. Peter Frampton. Son of a bitch. Oh. Son of a bitch! Uh, you fucking nailed it! Oh, holy shit! Well, get ready, ladies. We're gonna be in for a bumpy ride. It's 
Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Bland. <laughs> Jesus. I can't even say it. It's so embarrassing. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. The movie. The movie. The fuck. Old people that are tuning in, you're already shaking your heads in disapprovement. <laughs> you, you, you know what? Before I get into details, the audacity. <laughs> the audacity. No, because here's, here's a quote. Here's a quote from, it uh, wasn't Barry Gibb. Name the Gibb brothers. Uh, Bobby, Johnny, Ricky, and Mike. <laughs> it was it was one of the lesser Gibbs. <laughs> it was one of the lesser Gibbs. Uh, said it might have been Barry. Let's just fudge it and say it was Barry. Uh, Barry said in a press release to I believe it was Circus Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, yeah, Barry Gibb on the number one quintessential heavy metal magazine, Circus right. Magazine. <laughs> He said it in a deep, deep no, but interview. The, but there was a quote, and I'll paraphrase because I don't have it in front of me. But he basically said, "He, he I'll get as close as I can. He said, uh, the, the movie came out in 77? Yes. He said, so the Beatles are long since passed, six years past. They broke up in 1971. He said to the publication he was talking to that the Beatles are dead. And once we get done with this, again, I'm paraphrasing, but once we get done with this movie, nobody will ever have known that Sergeant Peppers ever existed. The audacity. Wow. The, the vile. And, and, and here's what's really sad about that. Well, how did he say that, it? Did he say it in a well, sad... I wasn't there, and yeah. I can barely quote the quote, let alone... Name the publication. So <laughs> I wasn't. I don't know how he said it. I was gonna go online and try to find Circus Magazine to see if we could. No, I mean, look. If we really wanted to, if we wanted to you know, waste everybody's time, we could pull it up on the internet. We yes. got a. We got one of these little flimsy pads. You know, we could do it. We're not gonna. <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do instead. We're gonna fucking tear this fucker apart. Um. This is really sad because the Bee Gees are one of those bands. They're like ABBA. They're like on the surface. If you're new to it, you say you. It's easy. I could, from a, a, a very contemporary mindset, looking back in the past, you could say ABBA or the Bee Gees and go, ugh, ugh, just ugh. another niche band. Yeah, just another one of these. But if you took a second, if you just took a second to really listen and get beyond your, your own fucking headspace, and, you know, this takes a little age to get there, but once you get to a point where you can appreciate the band, do look into them, because both the Bee Gees and bands like ABBA are completely worth checking out, and, and were so big for a reason, and it wasn't just because of how novel they were in and of the time. You know, the cream rises to the top, and the Bee Gees were one of those bands. But for as much as that I will defend the Bee Gees, I will also say that that was a really dickhead move. Not to just say what Barry or other Gibbs said, <laughs> but <clears throat> the fact that they did it at all and that they got 
they pulled other people into it. This was this was a very large project. Yeah, they, they pulled in Peter Frampton. They pulled in Steve Martin. They pulled in fucking George Burns. Like none of this project makes any sense. And I guess it's like the kind of thing that could only happen in the exact time that it happened. But they made a really horrible movie based like they tried like, okay, so the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band was not a theme album. It wasn't. It, you could read it that way because it was, just it was a collection so open. Of songs. It was, it was just, songs. just a collection of really like nobody ever heard these kind of nobody ever heard these kind of arrangements. Nobody ever heard this kind of instrumentation. This was new for the time. And it was it, it the Beatles exclusively owned it. It could only come from these four men. And and it but and it was a big deal because it was so special. But because it was so open ended People started reading things into it, trying to make it uh, like a concept album, thinking of it that way, and and, and it just wasn't fair. And I think the, the Bee Gees got too fucking ahead of themselves, and they—I don't know what their deal was. I don't know what—I mean, we can only guess as to what their reasoning was for even attempting this, but they took it upon themselves six years after the Beatles, the Beatles disbanded to make a concept movie, let alone album, a concept movie based on what they thought was a concept album and try to manufacture a narrative that encompassed the Beatles album. And it was complete hogwash. First of all, going back to what I said uh, a little while ago, this is, this is one of those cases, this is why this is so bad. This is one of those cases where they weren't concerned with telling a story. They took, um, it, the BGs seem to have taken, and again, I can't, I can't tell you personally from them why they did this. But this I have is, a pretty good idea. This, this is why. This is why they took a hot property. They were a hot property, and they tried to make something marketable out of it. There was no real concern about telling a story. There was no filmmaker's love of trying to make a thing that was viable and entertaining or thought-provoking. This was a complete marketing scam off of a from a band that I vouch for. You know, everybody has moments of weakness, and I believe that the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band movie was a creative personal and financial moment of weakness on their part as a group of folks that were trying to create something and i it just doesn't make any sense to me i'm sorry i interrupted you what oh no i was just uh well you said i just can't i can't fathom why i can fathom why it's i like to refer to it as boogie night syndrome what's that it's um Dirk Diggler becomes so popular that he thinks he becomes better at other things that he has no business being good at. Um, he becomes, he starts out as just a guy that does some stuff for some money doing some porn. Well, he becomes popular and wins some awards. Well, with his ill-gotten gains, he goes into a studio and says, you know what? I'm going to do a remake of The Touch. So you've got him in there. You got The Touch. 
You got the power. A great song by Stan. I think it's Stan Kirsch. And, are are and, you saying? Are you saying more or less that this is just a case of somebody getting caught up in the pomp and circumstance of their situation, rather than maintaining the whole reason why they got into it? Yeah, you know. I got this ideal. Since since the Beatles, since we can't pitch it to the Beatles, they're no longer available. Right. I've listened to Sgt. Pepper's. Not and a, what I will do is real quick. Just to just to make clear to everybody, not a Beatle involved. Not right, in right, right. So there's no way we can get the Beatles to do this. Well, what do you have in mind, son? A musical. Oh yeah. What do you mean a musical? They they did Yellow Submarine. No, no, no. Not just any musical. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Cup Bland. Are you crazy? What? Listen, just listen. Listen me out. Listen, listen. Hear me out. Hear me out. I might not have the Beatles, but I I have arguably the American version of the Beatles and arguably the uh, second greatest band uh, of on, all hold on, time. Hold on, hold on. Shut up, Australian. Oh, oh, oh thank, you. thank you, thank you for my Australian. Just trying to help you. Um, I have um the the second. That's what you get. The second. Hey, Springy. <laughs> <laughs> Springy for a comeback appearance (laughs) after seven episodes. (laughs) How you doing? Okay, Um, go ahead. ahead. So so I've got the second greatest, you know, import into the States. I bet you for the right price, they would take on they would take on the mantle of being the Beatles. And they won't be the stars. They'll be the co-stars. I've got a guy that can do Billy Shields. Who? An American. Who? This rock star. Um, Peter, Peter Frampton. You mean? Yes, yes, Peter. You feel like you do. Oh, that's awesome. He feels like I do. He's he's. Hey, come on. Frampton comes alive. Greatest album. Greatest concert album of all time. I can get him on board. And when I start pitching other bands. You mean there's going to be other bands? Yes, work bands with like, me. Work with me on not, this. I got a lot of ideas in my head. Bands like uh, Steve Martin. Hold on just a moment. <laughs> if I told Steven Tyler from Aerosmith, he oh, could get Aerosmith to come out. You, really? You, you brought up a really good point. Keep going. I can talk to the guys from Earth, Wind, and Fire. They be have you? They're they're one of the most prominent funk bands in the states. But I bet you they would do a badass rendition of "Got to Get You Into My Life." You think it would work for the right money and the right and the right pushing? We could we could make this the greatest musical of all time. <laughs> Once again, Dirk Diggler, Dirk Diggler, Dirk Diggler syndrome. Right. That's what happened. Yep. So, uh, um, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. One of the things I was going to bring up about this particular soundtrack for this awful movie. Again, go to YouTube. Look at, I don't even want to get into the details of the plot or anything. It's not worth it. You will be horrified on your own by going to YouTube and looking up Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band movie. Here's the important thing. The entire album, the entire soundtrack, the album of the soundtrack, um, was all rock bands. That's the thing. It falls in line with the theme. It was mostly the Bee Gees, some Peter Frampton, and just a few, just like just a tiny bit of uh, offshoots 
Right. Bands I can't name right off the top of my head. Solo artists I can't name right off the top of my head. It, you can just go to Google and you can find the rest. But here's the deal. Out of all of the music, and this was a, it came out, the soundtrack of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band movie right. was a, a double album. It was a two-sided disc on each disc. So you had four sides of songs. A lot of fucking songs, mostly done by the Bee Gees. But with a few outliers, very few of the songs that came from that soundtrack did anything, made it anywhere, except for one. One made it, you're probably listening to it right now, it was Aerosmith's Come Together. And I would would almost put money on the fact that people probably know their version of the song better than the Beatles' version of the song. It was a huge hit for Aerosmith on this stupid bullshit movie that did not need to ever be made or seen. The one thing that humanity got out of it was Aerosmith's Come Together, and it was a pretty decent, solid version. Now, you'll never beat the Beatles version, of course, and everybody knows the Beatles version, but the... Aerosmith version is the version that got mainstream FM rock radio play. It really did. And so, if anything, you know, the movie failed spectacularly, uh, critically. uh, And it did not make its money back. But if we got anything out of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band, anything, it's Aerosmith's contribution. So, that's me... With my other shit post, I got one more to go. Orion, do you got one more positive one? <laughs> yeah, give me just a moment. Hey, sure, take your time. Hey, everybody. How you guys doing? We're killing a little bit of time here. This might get edited out. I don't know. I may not. I may. <laughs> it all depends on how much I've had to drink when I uh, sit down and edit this podcast. So we'll see. I really had fears that we were going to run short this week. It looks like we're running a little bit long, but that's fine. You know, we haven't even, we're just about to break the hour point. uh, And so that's (laughs) that's amazing to me. But, uh, oh, 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 we got something? What do we got? Oh, man. Oh, boy. What do we got? (laughs) <laughs> oh no oh no i had to it add cough worthy see you have come up with some bad and awful movies and um oh and i got one more oh i got i got one that'll trump this one you'll 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 shut down the show on this one okay oh i just need to know one more thing i just want to know the year that <laughs> okay. it came out take take your time man i'll kill it i'll kill time and it was <clears throat> Oh, yeah. yes. What? <laughs> 1980. Oh, here boy. Here we go. This is a reoccurring theme here. <laughs> okay. This is a movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> that, that no matter, um, this was this was designed for the band that, that, that they were marketing. And it features, it features their, their one, their one most important hit, 
The name of the, the, the movie was in 1980, and it's called Can't Stop the Music. Huh. It features the stars and the producers of the soundtrack. Oh, boy. The Village People. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, okay. You're going to have to start from the beginning, man. I did uh, not even know. I can't begin to explain how somebody said. Was it the band? I got to look. I know that <laughs> I know that Sergeant Peppers didn't go out too well, <laughs> but I got another idea. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> was it the band's idea? Or was it some it, no, fuck it was off a writer's idea? It, it's the, it, so the guy comes into the room and he plays YMCA. YMCA. To which Mr. Big Boss is like, I understand it's a cassette with YMCA in it. Why are you breaking this in my office? <laughs> so he cuts off the cassette and says, listen, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. You hear me? Um, I know that. I know that. Um, you hear me? I know that Sergeant Peppers didn't go too well, but we're looking at the next big thing, and I'm talking blockbuster. A cassette with YMCA in it is the blockbuster. <laughs> no, it is not. I can get the members of the Village People together. We can put a movie together called "Can't Stop the Music." It is the story of how the Village People were formed. <laughs> I can get I can I can get Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> it gets better. I can also wait, get um, wait 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 wait. Didn't Disco not die? Disco died in like 1978, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> and he can get Steve Gutenberg. I've got to. I've. <laughs> Listen to me, boss. Listen to me, boss. Listen to me, boss. Right, Listen, to right, boss. Right, right. Listen to me, boss. Listen to me, boss. <laughs> Listen to me, boss. Oh, yeah. I could get Steve Gutenberg, and guess who else I can get? Oh, hey. Who, I, can who, get, who, who? I can get Mr. Olympian himself, who? Bruce Jenner. I can get him in the movie. That's a manly man. I could get him in the movie. That's a big name. Um. <laughs> I can get I can get with the lead singer of the of the village people for yeah. for the sake of discussion we will call him the cop. You saw me so far. Um, I kind of liking it now. Now yeah, what else? What we'll do is we'll have we'll have Bruce Jenner and 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 Steve Gutenberg working in an advertisement agency and they're looking for things to market all sorts of different products. Masculine models for all time. Exactly. Yeah. And um so Steve Gutenberg will tell will tell his friend, "Hey, if we need people to to shoot a video or make a song for us, I got some friends down in the Lower East Side that we can go meet." So they go down to the Lower East Side with all the cool music playing. They meet the cop. The cop mm. is singing at a club, and and after he sings his song, they get with the cop, and the cop says, "You know what?" You, I, I can't do this by myself. I can market whatever you want us to market, but I'm going to need some more guys. So they put out, uh, they put out basically a marketing campaign to find the rest of the village people. Mm. Village. So while they're working on it, they see a guy that's doing some maintenance and some construction work on a new building that they're working on. And while oh, yeah. everybody's failing left and right, the guy comes up to the mic and he says, "You should sing it like this." Now you've got the construction worker. <laughs> 
uh, one guy comes in and biker out biker stuff and he goes and he sings just opera. Say, just, now just, say, just say, just say, just say fucking leather fag. <laughs> you can say leather fag. Yes, <laughs> yes. Also, you know what? It's safer if I say it. It might be much safer if you say it. Leather fag. They found he, a leather fag. He, he he comes in and he sings like a like a like a bird, and so <laughs> they finally get the other guy and like and an they angel. form the the they form the village people and they work on the the show the movie shows them doing their dance routines <laughs> working on songs, and let me give you a list of some of the songs they do. Oh, this is gonna be fucking classic. Jesus Here we go. Christ, I never knew this existed. Can't Man, stop boy. the music. Um uh oh <laughs> they do a song called um Liberation. They do um <laughs> Magic Night. Um at one point in time, yeah. Milk was having its lowest ratings regarding to the um to the um uh, better food and drug administration. And so the village people decided to put their own song together called The Milkshake. Please, in the name of all that's holy and dear, go to YouTube and type in Village People Milkshake yes. and watch this monster drive itself into the ground. Link in the description. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, there's YMCA. They're ever popular, which I honestly believe in theory. I believe they made this entire movie yeah. just to do this song. Holy shit. They built this entire movie just around to make- around. To make what was basically a proto MTV video. Exactly. Yes. Yes. They've got a song called "I Love You Till I Love You to Death," and the hits just keep coming oh and boy. coming and coming. Oh boy! So that's that's my movie. It's like, yeah, we could have we could have lived without that one. Ah, oh, shit, man! I'm so gonna look that up. That <laughs> is too. fascinating. Um. Okay, so I'm. <clears throat> okay, well. Let's, Ease into it, ease into it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end this one with a, uh, with one that I have a soft spot in my heart for. We're talking about movies where bands make the score. Okay, my last pick is, it's, it's one that is um, earnest. Okay. It's it's unlike the other two, like Kiss, Phantom of the Park one. It's unlike uh, Sergeant Pepper's one. It's still a very, it's a very, very bad movie, okay? But it's, out of the three that I picked, it's the most earnest, okay? It's the most, their heart was in the right place kind of one. And that is the movie Xanadu. Uh. Xanadu. And it features it's it's a a very weird almost art house kind of um, almost indie movie you know for the time that it was put out it was nineteen eighty one I believe mm-hmm. and uh, and the well just real quick synopsis um, I'm not going to get into details because we're not going over details for this we just want to go over the soundtracks but. The the movie is a fantasy, and uh, again, uh, like right off the bat, that's not good for movies. Fantasy movies are hit or miss, and Xanadu was a big miss. Uh, it was a fantasy movie that was about a uh, an artist who um, 
painted a bunch of like murals and uh, record cover albums for a record company, but he wanted to do more. He wanted to be an actual artist. He wanted to go out and make a name for his own and not do a bunch of commercial work. And he met up with a guy that uh, ran a club, okay, uh, and wanted to have him do a, kind of a mural for the club, like kind of a, put a, you know, a big old painting on the side of his building. And... <clears throat> I'm not even actually going to go too further with it. I think you should, again, this is another one of those recommendations where you go to YouTube, watch the movie, go to YouTube and look up Xanadu, spelled with an X, links in the description. Hey, but, 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 didn't this have a Gene Kelly's last performance in it? Um, yes. Yes, it did. Uh, but we'll get to that. Okay. <clears throat> but anyway, go, go, go check out the movie for context. But the, 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 the important thing is that the whole thing was scored by two folks. It was Jeff Lynn of ELO and Olivia Newton-John. If you don't know who those people are, if you're young and you don't know who I'm talking about, fucking go look them up. Yeah, ELO, Olivia Newton-John. And when they put out the um, soundtrack for the album, it's really weird. Because uh, this is another one of those double albums. <clears throat> and on one side, you got uh, all, it was all ELO because of a record contract. They were on Jet Records. And on the other side, it was all the Olivia, the Olivia Newton John songs, which was on, ugh, geez, I want to say uh, Capitol Records. I could be completely wrong there. Doesn't matter. You'll find out. Um, and and they wouldn't appear on each other's side of the album because of contractual obligations. Uh, but then the entire thing was put out somehow by Maverick Records. And it's really weird. But the thing is, there was a lot of, from this movie, there was a lot of hits uh, that came from this. Uh, Xanadu being one of them. I'm Alive. I'm Alive, Yeah. Uh, so we get ones from Olivia Newton-John. We get ones from ELO. But the thing about this movie, what separates it from the other shitty movies that I was talking about is that when this movie was put together, Xanadu, it was an honest effort. It wasn't coming out of bullshit. It was it was a guy who wanted to put the movie uh, put the movie together, and he contacted the best bands that and the best artists that he knew and said, I think this movie will work so well if you guys were to do the not only the soundtrack, but the actual score to the movie. And Jeff was like, well, fucking, I'm in ELO. Um, I'm very segmented in my uh, productive efforts. I have time for this i have six months for this i'm not doing anything else yeah I'll, yeah okay i'll do it and yeah and and i also want to get i think fucking olivia newton john would be perfect for the fantasy feel of this movie and uh jeff lynn from yellow said oh yeah i could totally yeah i could completely find a way to sculpt her voice into the sound of what I can do. Yeah, we can totally do that. Let's do it. 
contacted Olivia Newton-John, and she was like, oh, yeah, I'm on board. Um, I've only done fucking Grease. I'm, yeah, please. I got, um, uh, let's get physical and Grease. So I'll totally do whatever you want me to do. Oh, you want me to work with ELO? Love ELO. ELO. Uh, yeah, I'll totally. And so it all came together and worked out totally perfectly. And they did some really great songs. I'd say 80% of the soundtrack that came out from Xanadu became top 10 number one hits. The movie, on the other hand, was not so good. It was, it was, the idea, the basic concept was too far into left field, and the production quality was lacking. They had a limited budget, and most of the money that they spent on this movie was put into ELO and Olivia Newton-John. And the soundtrack speaks for itself, not only in quality, but in actual sales numbers. Like the proof is in the pudding kind of situation. The songs from Xanadu were immense, and you should absolutely go check out the Xanadu soundtrack. Uh, But the movie itself, not big shakes. It was critically panned. It did not make its money back, and that's the kind of ongoing theme with all the movies that I picked is that (laughs) I picked shitty movies, Xanadu being one of them. But the saving grace of Xanadu is that the creative output musically was immense and tremendous and (laughs) whatever other things that uh, our current president says. (laughs) But yeah, so that's, that's my last pick. And I'm trying to end on a positive note here. You know, I had two really shitty movies with two really shitty soundtracks. But Xanadu, although a shitty movie, is a very viable and very worth your time soundtrack effort. A movie that was scored by a rock band and a rock musician or at least, you know, a uh, a pop musician that's... uh, (coughs) I'm sorry. That was, uh, uh, I mean, Olivia Newton-John. You can't beat her. She's fucking awesome. She's a solid talent. And that soundtrack came out, and it, it was everything. So I want to try to end on a positive note hey. by saying, yeah. A little, a little known fact. Well, yeah. Uh, the guy that was the artist, the guy that played the artist in the movie. Yeah. His name was Michael Beck. His big hit was The Warriors. He was the leader of The Warriors. Oh, oh, shit. From the movie The Warriors. From clink, 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 clink Warriors clink. come out to play. Yes. Nice. Nice. That's fucking awesome, dude. Ah, oh, shit. Um, well, there you go. There's an extra fact for you. So, look. Uh, so far, you have three options. You, well, no, go do this. Because you're going to, if you're younger than 30, you're going to need context. So, you're going to have to go on YouTube. You're going to have to check out, uh, uh, heavy Metal, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the movie. You're going to have to check out Xanadu. You're going to have to check out, what's the other one you said? Um, I've said a lot of them. Uh, uh, Highlander. Highlander for uh, Queen. Um, there was one more. What was it? Was there one more? Yes, I just can't run Vision from... Um, 
Uh, see, it's 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 escaped me. God dang it! Ah, uh, it is <laughs> Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle. There you go. Oh, and uh, Kiss Phantom or Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. Watch that <laughs> oh, at your peril. Don't forget, can't stop the music. Can't and can't stop the music. All you know what? I will make it really easy for you. It's gonna take a little bit of work on my time, but that's how much I care about you. Links in the description because you need to watch these horrible things to know <laughs> what we're talking about and come up with your own conclusions. Okay, so um, I I believe are we done with the with the show? <laughs> I I I don't know. Are we? I think we are, uh, and that's gonna bring me to this point. At the top of the show, I mentioned that this was going to be the last of the music-themed shows that lead to the Approxapalooza, the live music show. So, in saying that, I want you to stick around after the plugs, okay? And I want you to check out my good friend Orion's, his effort, okay? We're going to give you a little bit of a teaser and my friend here does an amazing job with a bunch of Pink Floyd songs. You get to see a really cool video for a, a Pink Floyd melody, or medley, sorry, melody, medley. A lot of melody involved, but it's a medley, okay? So stick around to the end of the show. Watch the video that he and I put together as a teaser for what you're going to see next week. I think you'll like it. I think you really like it. Um... Beyond that, uh, stick around. Don't hit pause or anything after this show. Keep watching for the music video. But after that, you got any plugs? Mm, next Friday night at um, Tyranny's in Louisville, I'll be jamming with a band called Solid Rock, um, a um, more of a um, classic rock band re- representing the 60s um, through today. Right. Um, female so guitar, has, female um, keyboard player, um, male guitar player, right. male bass player, myself. Right. We'll be jamming a lot of stuff from Prince all the way to Asia. So Orion's going to be playing in a band, a cover band called Solid Rock. They play a good four-hour set. They do a lot of contemporary songs, all cover songs that you'll love. And that's going to be in uh, what town? Uh, Louisville, uh, Louisville at Tyrannies. At Tyrannies. Links in the description so you can go and see Orion. If you're in Texas, go fucking see him. Uh, what else you got? That's pretty much it, sis. You got anything? Uh, I do have one plug. I do have a plug. It's um, go to patreon.com backslash Jamie French. And we need to get you guys, uh, you know, if you can, if you know, if you're willing to. Uh, dump a little bit of money into the next Transsexuals 3 DVD. Uh, for those that are keeping up with my porn career, uh, this is, this is a, I'm trying to raise funds for the next, uh, the next big venture, okay? And I'm trying to do it completely independently. So, you know, drop a few bucks if you can. You know, there's no set limit or anything, and you can drop off anytime you want. But any help is appreciated. And here's the bonus thing: if you if you drop off twenty five bucks or more, you know, you hit me up. I'll I'll 
hook you up with a free pass to my website, get you some scenes you want. You know, you hit me up personally on my email address that will be provided to you when you drop off 25 bucks, and we'll work something out, you know? We'll keep it human. We'll keep it simple, and, uh, and uh, you know, we'll make it worth your while. So that's my big plug is the Patreon thing. Gotcha. Um, so I think after that, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's it. We'll address uh, questions, comments, and everything in the Friday shows. Uh, you know, check us out all week. All week. Uh, just you know, keep an eye on the YouTube page um, to keep up with us further. Orion is about to give you all of our information. So, Orion, why don't you close us out? I'll shut us down. The Approximate Podcast is a Dead Girl production. You can find me and Jerry and JB on the Twitter. At ApproxPod, that is A-P-P-R-O-X-P-O-D. Uh, you can find the Approximate Podcast on all media outlets, SoundCloud, iTunes, and the mothership, ApproximatePodcast.com. Um, YouTubers, as always, like, share, and subscribe. Give them the burner line, Jamie. Oh, the burner line is 817-673-3704. Again, that's 817-673-3704. What you do is you call up that line, you send us a text message, you drop us a line on the voicemail, you give questions, comments, and we will answer you on the show. It may be the Monday show, the flagship show. It may be uh, our Friday show, Ask Tranny, the questions and answers show. Either way, we will absolutely get back to you. So drop us a line there at 817-673-3704. I believe that's, that's it, right? That's everything. The Approximate Podcast, Ask a Trainee, The 900, The Void, all part of Dead Girl Productions. You know where to find us. Fuck y'all. Bye. Have a good night. Does anybody here remember Virolin? Remember how she said that we would meet again some sunny day?
Dirty one 